0: Welcome to the Parenting with Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Alexander-Inman, board-certified behavior analyst, infant-toddler developmental specialist, and parent coach here today with coach extraordinaire, Nadine Rajay. Hi, thank you for having me. You are most welcome, Nadine. Thank you for being here. I know it's kind of early in the morning for you and I really appreciate you taking the time. So I'm just going to tell people a little bit about you and then we're going to jump right in. Yep. All right. So Nadine is a coach for high-performing teens and their mothers. She is the ultimate go-to mentor for high-performing teens. Her guidance is heart-centered, judgment-free, and individually tailored to suit your teen's uniqueness. I love that. She is a relationship coach, an expert keynote speaker, author... In her field of excellence, she's an engineer with more than sixteen years of experience. She's a creative writer and she's mom of four. You know, I'm tired just reading all of this for, about you, <laughs> Nadine. How do you do it?
1: <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so this is what exactly what I teach. I I work with high performing teens, and I and I give them like a holistic approach to life and what and to what success means to them. And ultimately it's all about um, handling life holistically. it's a, it's about balance, you know balancing everything. Yeah. Wow. yeah, that's a, a place I'm still trying to
0: get to balance. yeah. So <laughs> if I had you as a, as a teen, I would have been um, things would might have been a little different for me now.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and, and I wasn't always like this uh, so I I've always start with telling people where I come from because yeah. okay now you hear all these titles but uh, I wasn't here at all uh, uh a few years ago um so to, to let people know who I am uh I originally come from Lebanon in the Middle East and uh now I live in New Zealand so I have traveled a lot and uh I The sort of the immigrant experience and traveling has really opened me up and widened my horizons, as they say. Uh, I grew up in a tiny village on uh, the Lebanese mountains, and uh, it was during the civil war. And I was lucky enough to have parents who invested in me and who gave me um, sort of a different um, approach to how other families treated their girls Uh, I I mean I was raised I was raised as if I was the oldest son in the house Um, again my parents invested a lot in my education and that's how I got into engineering and um, having a career in engineering as a woman has also opened my uh, opened me up Um, I do I'm I'm a bit um, sort of unique in terms of I've got a lot of left brain and right brain interests, and I was the sort of teen who couldn't decide. I liked maths, but I also liked language, and I like I hated picking. I hated picking between two subjects, and that's that's how I ended up. I I, I i currently like juggle everything i'm still working as an engineer i have my coaching business i also do a little bit of creative writing uh maybe that one has uh, been set on the back burner a little bit but i want to pick it up again so it, i'm i'm sort of a person who really can't pick and choose between my interests <laughs> and um uh i i going back to my story i got married a bit early and um so now i'm a mom of four and i've been married to my husband for 17 years uh my journey as a mother has also sort of um made me think made me think of how our world functions today today and especially as an immigrant family and um uh, just paying attention to certain things that uh, maybe somehow I used to take for granted or uh, I used to think, oh, this is the way it is. There's no other way around. But then moving into new places um, and living and meeting new people sort of really woke me up that um, there are some things that we need to pay attention to. And um, I always tell parents that usually it's the areas of um, the most painful areas in your life or the pain or the areas where you're most struggling with. Um, we tend to sometimes distract ourselves or, uh, you know, try to control it or try to, uh, uh, you know, put rules on it. But it's actually that's the biggest sign where we need to look deep into we we need to look inward and uh really um you know check in with ourselves why are we struggling in this area why are our kids triggering us in this area what's going on
0: right
1: Uh, yeah and um as part of my engineering career, my work with teens actually started as uh, volunteering in high schools, where I used to. Uh, I'm a STEM ambassador uh, mm-hmm. for uh, Engineering New Zealand, and um, I came across lots of brilliant kids who uh, were not shining as bright as they can because they they lacked certain tools, or maybe they lacked confidence, or um, they were confused a little bit they didn't have clarity enough and some of them were just distracted you know that there, there are lots of distractions for yeah. our teens these days and um um I realized that with a little bit of guidance these those brilliant kids could could really shine
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and then COVID hit and we had to handle all this, uh, learning from home and, uh, um, you know, everything else. And that's how I started my, um, coaching business. Uh, I started it like online and then, um, I moved into locally and then, um, I'm, I'm sort of now branching out globally because I've, I've made lots of connections with wonderful people. And, um, I realized that there are people like you and me, Teresa, who really care and who uh, really want to, you know, make a difference in this world. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the long, short story Mm -hmm. of how I came to be here. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. And I'm so glad that you saw the need and you weren't afraid to jump in and do what it takes because... So often our teens are misled and misguided by social media and all the other, you know, there, and again, I don't say that social media is all negative. However, we do need to filter and make sure that we're guiding them down that path. So they do need a mentor. And I shouldn't say me, but it's important to have mentors who are caring, you know, who are heart centered Mm -hmm. and care and want to guide in that way, because like you said, otherwise they'll be lost, right? You know, not knowing what, when parents don't know what they don't know. So they're frustrated. You know, I was a mother of a, uh, I was a frustrated mother of a teen, I told you briefly before. And I honestly wish I had somebody like you to help guide my teen. You know, first me as a teenager, and then my teen. You know, help me with my teen because it was difficult. I mean, that was the most difficult time in my parenting journey.
1: Yes, yes, and it is a difficult time. We have to be honest about it. There are lots of changes happening. Um, uh, you know, physically, hormonally, uh, your teen is changing, and um. At the same time, there's also a lot of, um, you know, mental development going on. So it's a very crucial period of time where um, all those, uh, you know, thought patterns and beliefs, this is the teenage years are is the period of time when these thoughts take hold and they sort of shape the personality of of who you will be as a young adult. And of course, there's a lot of social pressures uh, um, in terms of, you know, peer acceptance and um, fitting in. And then there's the academic pressure where you have to pick your subjects. You have to choose what you want to do for college. And it's like, it's it's a full, uh, you know, pressure on period. And um, for me as a teen growing up, It was Mm. vastly overwhelming and I grew up in a time before social media and before phones and uh, imagine our teens today and with all the pressure on them. Mm. So we have to take this into perspective and... um, we also have to admit that it's cascading down we as parents the lifestyle that we live today in this modern um social world with you know with juggling work with um having to do so much it it also cascades down to our kids
0: yes
1: and uh for people who have lots of interests like myself who are you know a a bit ambitious they want more it can get very overwhelming if we don't have the tools that we need to navigate this life yeah
0: so true and especially in this world with so much information coming at us from so many different areas I mean it feels like you know like you said it's Imagine if you were overwhelmed then, how are teens feeling today that they have all this? I mean, this global society, they can reach somebody. I mean, here we are, you're in New Zealand, I'm in Florida, you know, like that wasn't possible when we were teens. So now teens are, you know, they're able to get information from so many different areas of the world of, you know, just different media, period. So imagine, oh, my head's starting to feel heavy just thinking about everything that they're facing today.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, going back to that sort of global environment, as well as um, uh, c- coming from a immigrant experience, I also work with a lot of immigrant families, and this sort of you know opening up to our worldview and uh being bombarded by so many new ideas and different uh you know concepts mm-hmm. and uh even in parenting you know itself we've we're given so many parenting tools we're we have so many parenting guidebooks and sometimes we sort of um uh maybe I can speak for myself I ended uh, I spent some time just learning but never really implementing tools because I was just okay this tool I'll try it now now I'll try the other tool I I never stuck with just one tool and um it it can be overwhelming and that's why I stress in my coaching my coaching is uniquely tailored like I I really uh I've got lots of tools in the in the toolbox, but I sort of want to see what the parents and the teen want, what they need at the moment. And uh it it's yeah, I feel that's very important when you just um uh, tune in to what you uniquely need, regardless of what you're being taught. Yeah. It, Exactly. And sometimes
0: we don't know what we need. And that's why it's really important to have somebody like you to help us figure out, okay, because like you said, we've got all these books, all this information on the internet. What do I do? So there's information overload. Which one really applies to me? It's hard to write a book specifically for you, you know? So that's why it's really important to have somebody to help you navigate exactly which parts of this book is go- are going to apply to you and when to use what. Because again, not knowing, you know, like I work with families and there are times, you know, parents, I'll ask them what their goals are. Well, I want my child to do this. Okay. Well, they don't have the foundational skills. So yes, you want them to get here, but first we've got to put these things that we have to put that foundation in place before we can get to that goal. And it may not be what, you know, it may not be what they expected. However, they'd never get to where they expected if they didn't take that path. So it's so important to have somebody help you navigate that. And especially with those teenage years, because like I said, they are so difficult and it could make the difference. And now, you know, if you agree between a teen who's excelling and a teen who gives up.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and I always tell parents, regardless of where your teen at, every teen has their own unique gifts, their own unique genius. Mm -hmm. It's, and, um, we sort of in our academic, um, curriculum and our education system they sort of classify and organize but in reality every unique child you know have has their own unique gift yes and you need to bring that gift out of them you can't just rely on the school to to get to get that gift out of them
0: yeah. Oh, because yeah. you're with them more than the school is. You know, when you think about it from birth to, you know, teens you've spent more time, you know, you had them at birth and, you know, you can start to see gifts very early in life. You know, what makes your child shine? What, what gives them that sparkle in their eye? Right. And you try to figure out their gifts then and help nurture that instead of doing what society tells us to do, which is, well, no, they have to do this, 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 no, allow your child to express themselves uniquely.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's so very important. So very important. Um, I, I always tell people that you know the parent child relationship is is really a sacred relationship it's it's one of the most um fulfilling relationships that you can have on on this planet and um I I sort of believe that uh you know everybody has has a soul that is so ancient and old and um you, as a parent and your child, they're just two infinite souls who have decided to join together in this lifetime and have this experience on earth. And, um, it is a two way experience. You're the parent, maybe you know better here, you know, on in this, you know, modern world, but your child. Also knows something and you need to give them this space and this respect and uh, this, you know, nurturing so that they, you can learn from them as well. They can learn from you and you can learn from them. It's a two way relationship.
0: It certainly is. And, you know, I'll never forget my son, my older son, you know, I tell him. And actually, because I learned from both my children. And I remember one time my older son and I were having a conversation. I was like, wow, I just, like, that was so cool. You taught me that. And he's like, but you're my mom. I said, yes, you're learning from me and I'm learning from you. And, you know, with my younger son, he taught me different things. And we talked about, it's like, oh my, I didn't even, like, he came home and taught me things that I didn't even know. And it was just so fun. And just to see the expression on their faces how excited they were that they taught you know me something and I was just like yeah because and that helps enliven them right and makes them more uh, gives them more confidence I think when you're able to show them that or or validate what they're teaching you
1: yes yeah 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 and um there are things that they teach you that they're uh, sort of you keep them on the internal side because it's it's a growth in your own um, you know it, maybe it's a growth in your own confidence or in your own uh, you know patience uh, I I know that my kids taught me patience uh, that, that was like the biggest lesson I had to learn uh, they also brought in me the sort of courage you know uh courage you never thought you had but um uh, uh it's it somehow comes up to the surface and it uh it makes you grow as a mo- as a mother yes.
0: uh, it, yeah 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 uh, yeah yeah I think if we allow children to we will see like a friend um one of my former clients she has a child with autism and, you know, now you couldn't even tell because he's just amazing. And, um, however, through that journey though, she became an advocate because of all the things that she had to do to get her child to where he is. And now she's helping other parents, you know, because Mm -hmm. of that. So, and she didn't know she had it in her,
1: (laughs) you know, she really didn't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I like to give this um, analogy Uh, I tell uh, moms that um, you as a mother is like the earth you know nourishing your child you're this uh, you know safe uh, nourishing earth and your child is like a plant going out of this earth Mm -hmm. you can't control how the child will grow but all you can do is just give and and be there, you're you know, you're you're this solid rock support and um, and then I give the analogy of a flame to the child and especially the teenager. And uh, in my book, uh, Brilliant, Bringing Up Your High-Performing Daughter, I, I give that analogy of a flame to the daughter. She's she's this bright flame, you know, she wants to shine bright. She's got so much passion. She's got so many desires. If we as parents sort of keep it tight, we sort of snuff that flame out But at the same time if we don't give any limits the flame goes out of control Mm -hmm. so it's it's always a matter of balance how much do they need from us in the moment and how much um uh, sort of what sort of guidance when can we get involved when Mm -hmm. do we need to step back and just you know keep them to it um uh so that's that sort of um, uh, maybe gives mom a bit of a visualization on how to and on how to why the why is the why balance is important. So so you've got the the mom as the earth and the child as the flame as the fire. Now I also bring in the elements of air and water mm. and. For air, I call them uh, the healthy habits, which uh, sort of, you know, they bring in the sharpness and the clarity yeah. of uh, what do you need to, what your child needs to be, uh, to be able to manage, to navigate life. And then water, I assign it to the village, the community that is around the child that sort of interacts with with a child, uh, you know how water in a in a river sort of you know it chips away at the land. Sometimes it's very um, you know full on flood. Sometimes it's very gentle and subtle, and uh, and it's also nourishing. You know, let's not forget that this community that um, you know your your daughter or your son is growing in it also can be very nourishing if if it is aligned so um so i i bring it in so that's the whole concept behind my my book that we've got the earth for the mom the flame for the daughter air for the habits and um water for the village um and um i bring this into my uh coaching program as well and um just going back to the natural elements sort of helps bring bring in this balance that, you know, we crave for as parents in our life. Yeah.
0: Yes. And that are so important for healthy upbringing. And I'm so glad you mentioned the village. Because often we move away from the village, you know, thinking that, well, no, I can do this myself and they're my children. and blah, blah, blah. But society is going to have an effect on them anyway. If you help to select that village, then, you know, the people are, you know, the people are going to most, they're going to affect your child the most. You know, um, a friend of mine, Nate talks about, you know, having his child have their starting five. So there's, you know, all the, the people, the five fundamental people in the village to help so they pick people who have different personalities right that are different than the parents so that way they can you know they're the ones who kind of you know sit back and listen the others that are oh, uh, you know like right on there giving their opinions because the world is going to throw these different people at you so it's really important yeah. out yeah. that village so yeah I'm so glad you bring that in because we need to go back to the village don't you agree Nadine
1: Yes, yes. And I think this is what's really missing in in our modern, uh, you, know, um, you know, sort of, we we shrank the family into just this, um, you know, parents and kids. And um, we do need to, to bring that village back in. And um, it includes, you know, it can include school, it can include teachers, it can include uh, extracurricular activities but it also needs to include uh you know real people who are able to give different perspectives to our kids um who are able to show them you know things from a different angle um and 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 this sort of nourishes them again i i'm back to that word that they do need the experience. It's the experience that really helps them grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And
0: I just want to underline something that I read that you said without judgment, because mm-hmm. often, you know, we want to put our own opinions in and, you know, and our own ideas, allow the child to, you know, like you said, when we nourish, right. We don't tell, like, we don't say, well, like, say, I'm thinking of a plant again. Cause you put that in my head. So you know we the plant the nourishment doesn't tell the plant oh grow a leaf here and this root should be here and that you allow it to happen within certain boundaries right so you're nourishing it but you're not dictating everything you're not judging anything right you're just being loving and supportive yes
1: Yes, yes. And I think this is a very uh, difficult part of being a parent that you're uh, oftentimes we judge our kids because we're really judging ourselves. We're judging our parenting. We think that our kids mistakes are our fault or um, and and this is what I always tell parents that they need to get away from this from this thinking because um you know their kids are learning they're here to have that experience and mistakes are part of the experience is and sometimes going through a mistake is really uh you know it's it might really uh do more impact than actually you telling them this is not this is not right but they having that experience gives them that lesson that they need to learn uh And we, as parents, need to, you know, uh, we need to hold space for them. Mm -hmm. We need to just accept and allow that mistakes are going to help them, uh, are are going to happen. And uh, we help them by giving them the tools and the guidance before, and then we step back. Uh, And we always, um, you know, we always come back for them. Uh, I, I'm thinking of um, uh, of something, I think, from, um, I forgot her name. It's one of the parenting books that I read. And she sort of uh, tells parents that you're like a lighthouse mm-hmm. and your kids are at, at sea. Sometimes they will sail away from you, uh, but they need to do their own sailing. You need to stay there. You need to stay, you know, giving them that beacon, telling them that you're the safe place here. So that they can come back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yes, Because, you know, if we don't, children don't learn to problem solve. They don't learn to be resilient. They don't even know who they are. Because they're so busy doing and what parents say and being what parents think they should be that we they don't get to really experience themselves and understand who they are, which is so important. I mean, my son is 36 and there are times I have to tell myself, stop, <laughs> you know, so I get it. I have to say, listen, you know, and I have to I ask him for forgiveness. I'm like, you know what? I am so sorry. You know, I just want to know how can I support you instead of telling you what to do? Just let me know how I can support you. I'm here. You know, you know where to find me. And um, because I do find myself, you know, overstepping his boundaries
1: yeah yeah and and it's really natural you know for us as moms to to we want to help we want to give we can't stand our kids being in pain or or being in trouble and um i and and that's that's the patience lesson that uh we we need to allow them to have their own experience and for moms who are, you know, who are actually struggling with this, who are who feel that, you know, their their kids are sort of beyond listening, or um, they're really deep into the trouble, mm-hmm. uh, I always tell the mom, uh, go deep within yourself and think, why is this triggering you so much? What's what's happening inside you? And the answer will always, you know, come from, okay, I love my child so much. And, and then you will find that beneath that answer, there are also other layers coming from, I feel as if I'm not worthy as a mom, if my child is not successful, or I feel as if I, you know, I'm not doing enough. Mm, You know, or maybe Uh, failed my child. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Uh, I tell moms to bring themselves back to that place of love. You know, know, what would love do in this instance, you know, and it's not uh, serving like the serving type of love or the sacrifice type of love. It's the tough love that, uh, you know, considers that the child is their own, you know, unique person. What do they need at the moment? Yeah. and again it really depends on the on the child where they're coming from what's their background what's their personality are they an extrovert or an introvert what uh, what do they like what are they struggling with and um uh Some people come to me, you know, some families come to me and say, um, my teen just doesn't have the right attitude. They don't have the right mindset. And I always say, well, mindset is part of the equation. If you work on mindset alone, it doesn't help because there are lots of other things going on. Mm -hmm. One of them is the emotional uh, turmoil that's going on Um, and emotions are really very tied to visceral physical responses Mm -hmm. sometimes uh you can't separate your uh your emotions from your thoughts from your physical sensations and uh having the tools to be able to work with all these three together is very important um because uh, yeah as i said again if you just work on mindset you're just you know you're just addressing the mental thoughts yeah your teen already knows that okay maybe they should focus here or that that sort of distraction is not good for them they already know that mentally but there's something else going on emotionally um that's driving them towards it um and you got to dig you know you gotta dig deep in the layers to get to the root cause what's going on here and eventually you'll find that there's some sort of unmet need
0: Mm. you know your
1: your child has has so many needs and an unmet need is is the root cause of that's causing this attitude or this behavior um and needs can can be you know they they can be very complicated sometimes you've got emotional needs you've got your need to feel that you're worthy that you're loved that you are capable you know uh, and if the teen is not provided with these sort of um, environments either anywhere in their community they would feel that you know there's a there's a need that's not being met here and um it sort of surfaces as an attitude or behavior. And in most cases the teen of course is not even aware of what's going on. They're yeah. just having these feelings and mm-hmm. these thoughts and um they don't know what's happening. So it, it takes a lot of um awareness on yourself as a parent, a lot of uh you know a lot of knowledge to be able to see things you know uh, because on the outside you're just seeing uh maybe you're seeing your teen just sitting there and not not talking maybe they're just on their tablet not you know on their phone but there's something going on and if you're not able to notice that as a parent then you have some work to do you know you you really need to um uh make time and and give energy to your parenting it's it it won't just you know sort itself out right yeah yeah Yeah.
0: like I said all you know all behavior is communication so whatever your child is doing, they're trying to communicate something and yes it's just really important to be present to unpack that and help them navigate that
1: yes yes and and of course there are instances where you feel that you're already doing that um you are already you know you already you read all the books you're Mm -hmm. already being you know this gracious patient parent but somehow there's something still going on what's what's happening and I I find this a lot with uh introvert teens who um you know their parents want them to shine they want them to to go after what they like but but the teen is just they lack this self confidence to step, uh, to step out, and, uh, and sometimes the parents do invest in their kids and they give them the tutor and the mentor and the coach. But somehow the teen, there's still something that's stopping them, and that's when I really go into somatic work. You, what's going on on the physical level? Mm. Because I tell parents that uh, regardless of your kid's childhood there's also a little bit of genetic memory that gets passed down from from yourselves as parents from your family line uh from the whole cultural thing and sometimes we miss this uh and it's it's very um it's a very sensitive topic because people don't want to talk about trauma and about you know generational trauma and and you know people sometimes say ah, that it's not I'm it's not related to me. I don't want to think about this. There's too much pain, there's too much shame sometimes, there's too much uh, you know, it's too painful. I I don't want to think about it, but you have to accept that sometimes um your child can be can carry a large genetic memory and some and it doesn't have to be related to they might have a wonderful childhood growing up but this sort of genetic memory comes back online when they're during the teenage years because of all the changes that that's happening and um uh, and a lot of cases in empath teens and introverted teens, they're very sensitive to not just what's going on outside them, but also to what's going on inside them. And they may have these feelings, they might, they might have these fears. Um, A a very big example is fear of public speaking, you know, a lot of introverted teens that they don't like to speak publicly. And why? It's like a built-in genetic memory that uh, they remember, their body remembers, their right. tissues, their cells remember that if you speak up, you will be punished. Or, mm. you know, it, it's, it comes down from, you know, ancient generations. And uh, in this case, we really need to use somatic tools that involve calming down the body uh, breathing techniques, uh, you know, uh, self touch and self, uh, my, my favorite technique is just hugging a pillow and just, uh, you know, staying with this sort of anxious feeling in your body, being able to locate it. And, um, I, I think these are tools that we don't get taught at school at all that, um, that sometimes we are not even aware of, um, you know we just push through we say oh no I'm gonna do this I'm gonna be brave enough to do this but then your whole body is resisting this mm-hmm. it, it, there's this your nervous system does not have the capacity to go through this and um and and I sort of bring in the like to bring this in because sometimes yeah you never know you never know where the you know where the root cause is. Yes.
0: And if you don't get to the root, you're always going to have the problem. So it's really important to get to that. So cool. And yeah, I like that you mentioned the epigenetics because yeah, because we, a lot of us don't realize that there is trauma that is passed down and it, it should be dealt with because we don't, and you don't know that it's there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the sad part, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know. And because you don't know, you just assume, you try to find a reason in the environment that doesn't exist. So,
1: you yeah, know, yeah, is
0: yeah. really important.
1: Yeah. And I tell parents that this is not a bad thing, you, that you have trauma or wh- whatever this genetic memory is being passed, it's not really a bad thing. It's very normal. It's part of the human evolution. This is how we, you know, evolve. This is how we learn. Uh, We think it's bad because it's painful. But pain is really the source of growth. It's like this, uh, you know, how uh, um, I want to think, I want you to think of it as mulch for the earth. It's Mm -hmm. like this rich mulch that new things grow out of. Mm -hmm. It's it becomes this rich, you know, nutrient-heavy soil. And we need this. It's right. it's not like it's something that we need to be ashamed of or that we need to, you know, discard. Right. No, we need to embrace it. We need to look at it in this new uh, way that say, uh, this is what makes us unique and, uh, you know, it helps us grow.
0: Yes, and some of the yeah. things that come yeah. up really stinks, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, somebody said one time, you know, they were using the analogy of um, manure, right? Mm Because sometimes, you know, they get animal, you know, manure. Yeah. um, Yeah. You know, it's like really stinks. But then a couple of weeks later, the roses are so beautiful. You forget how much it's, you know, you forget about the smell. And we have to, you know, sometimes we have to go through these stinky moments to get through the beautiful. And I think it's Robin Sharma who said is it's hard in the beginning it's messy in the middle and gorgeous at the end but you have to go through that messy middle to get to that gorgeous end
1: yeah so true so true and um it can be very messy when you're in the middle of it when you know you don't see the light you just it, it it can become so dark and uh in this instance you really got to have faith and just trust that there is something really greater than you going on and um like having that sort of um connection to to life to that you know to that miracle of life really appreciating that um you know you're on this planet you're a parent really having this opportunity to uh bring up you know unique souls Uh, you really gotta appreciate this sort of it is a miracle it is a miracle and having that sort of um, you know faith that okay there is something way larger than our experience happening right now we don't know it we will never know it
0: right we will
1: never know it but it is there and um, that sort of will help you come out will help you you know pass through Um, and um, it's one of the habits that I that I've got in my book it's actually called the uh, habit of practicing self-value and the habit of practicing self-compassion so you need self-value to really you know um, uh, stay connected to your why and uh, you you are worthy of Um, of life and of success but you also need to bring in that self-compassion part where life is messy life is going to be painful you will make mistakes but you always have to hold yourself with compassion that okay you're doing the best you can at this moment Uh, you are having this experience but you're greater than this experience so you bring compassion and patience to yourself and um so so these two habits are like what you need to practice as parents to be role models for your kids yeah. as well as teach them to your kids okay. yeah
0: yeah, and it's it's easier when we teach by doing because your children are always watching. They may not always be listening, but they're always watching and they can see from afar. And um, so if you're able to, you know, and I shouldn't say if you it's important to model it so that they can imitate it,
1: yeah, yeah. it's it's always it's it's always what you do, not what you say. and uh, and it's sometimes not just what you do but how you be how you are how you're showing up the energy that you're bringing into your home and um, you know kids can be very sensitive to your energy even if you're not saying anything even if your facial expression is not showing anything they can pick up on the energy that you have if you're if you're angry if you're very frustrated But, you know, you're trying to keep it down. You're, you know, smiling and, you know, being very, uh, you know, slowly and clearly speaking, they can still pick that up. It's in your energy field. It's, they they know, they know um, what you're feeling. So imagine yourself, you know, you're really in a true state of calm and peace and patience. If they pick that up from you, then they'll be able to open up and connect with you and come to you for help and ask questions. Because, you know, a lot of teens just, you know, they, they wall up or they hide mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. they can't bring themselves to, um, to deal with your anger or with your, you know, frustration. It's it becomes so painful for them to admit that they've made a mistake because they don't feel that you'll be able to hold space for them.
0: Right. And especially if they don't see making mistakes, then they think it's okay. You know, it's not okay to make a mistake because yeah, perfect. Yeah. that is perfect. So I need to be, no, we all make mistakes and be vulnerable so that they can see that it's really okay. Cause everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, again, when you are triggered as a parent, you know, the best thing that you can do in the moment is actually pause, pause and come back to your center and calm and ask yourself, right, what does my child need from me right now? What's really happening? What's the root cause? And then you take action. Then you say words from that place of really centered calm and I think that's the hardest bit, just taking a pause and not reacting. And uh, it always comes back to you as a parent doing your own inner work, you know, doing your self-care, uh, focusing on your habits, uh, you know, managing your priorities so that you do focus on your presence in your family. Uh Yeah, and and that's why in my coaching, I don't just work with the teen alone. I will will work with both the parent and the teen because it's, yeah, it's again, there are two sides here. You both need to show up. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know,
0: the parent needs to support the new learning that the teen is going through, you know, what they're becoming and what they're exposed to so that they can be more informed and supportive. So, nice. Yes,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, Nadine, I want to be mindful of your time. <laughs> yeah, you. I know your day's starting. So if there's one thing you want people to leave this moment with, what would that be?
1: Um, I'd say that you, as a parent, need to listen to your own inner wisdom. Not just take advice, you know. I, I Sometimes, okay, they tell me, ah, oh, but you're a coach, we listen to you. Mm-hmm. But again, I say, do not take in advice that doesn't really uh, seem aligned with you. Yeah. Come to that centered place, take a pause. And from that place, you have a lot of inner wisdom inside you which um you need to consult yeah
0: Yeah. absolutely you know i tell parents your gut is your guidance for your child so if your gut if it doesn't resonate with your gut then you need to question it so absolutely thank you and how can people get hold of you
1: so you can find me on my website parentingbrilliant.com and um If anybody's interested in uh, just learning more about me or getting to know me better, I do offer a free uh, discovery session. Uh, All my details are on my website. And uh, of course, you can check out my books on Amazon. Uh, I've got the brilliant uh, book, Bringing Up Your High-Performing Teen. And uh, recently I've been a co-author in the Parents' Owners' Manual, uh with Dr. Ali Lankarani. Yeah.
0: Wow, lovely. So there's a wealth of information, people. So please reach out. Because listen, your child is only going to be a teen once. So make it count because that's going to um highly impact the rest of their lives. Yeah, so true. So true.
1: Thank you, Teresa.
0: Well, thank you so much, Nadine. It's been wonderful. I really appreciate you sharing all of this information that I hope parents will go in and rewind and, you know, just really listen to it and um, use it to help them with their teens because it's not easy.
1: (laughs) It's not. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. And to our audience, thank you for listening on Spotify and wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, Parent with Confidence.